So thankful that you're here this morning. Let's pray together. Lord, uh, it is so great to be able to worship you. What a privilege it is to be able to come before a holy, holy, holy God. To be able to experience your goodness and your grace and your mercy. Lord, I pray this morning that we would experience that. That we experience how good it is to be able to come and worship you. Lord, we need joy. We need peace. And Lord, the only way we're going to have that is by counting on you. Lord, this morning we get to open your very word. I'm so grateful that we don't have to guess what you want from us. We don't have to guess how we can have eternal life. You've told us in your word. And so I pray this morning as we look at your word that we would passionately follow you. That we'd be inspired. That we'd be led by you. Lord, I pray for anybody here this morning that's coming here with lots of burdens on their hearts. Lord, I pray that they would be able to run to you. They would be able to bring their troubles to you and be able to find peace. Lord, I pray for people here this morning that are joyful, that you would have their joy increase. In this world, we have to fight for joy. And so I pray, God, that you would help us to do that. Lord, give us the spiritual armor of God. And we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. A ladder appeared. So... If I want to reach something up high, what do I do? Climb a ladder, right? Because the ladder helps us get to places that we can't reach on our own. This morning, we're going to talk about a very special ladder. I'll move this out of the way so you can see the screen, but we'll leave it up here so you can remember what we're talking about this morning. We're talking about Jacob's ladder. We've been going through Genesis chapter uh, 20, we go through Genesis, we're in chapter 28 right now, and we've looked recently at the struggle with Jacob and Esau, and uh, we've seen how they've wrestled together as brothers, they've had ups and a lot of downs, and now we get to see this blessing of God speaking directly to Jacob, and in turn we get to see that Jesus actually is the latter. Here at Good News, our, our purpose is to make disciples together. And we believe that a disciple is a follower of Jesus who loves Jesus, who loves one another, and who loves the lost. Well, that's a high and uh, holy calling that we've been called to. And it's a difficult thing to reach on our own. That's why we need a ladder. And you're going to see this morning that Jesus is that ladder. The way that we're able to experience the goodness of, of God, the way we're able to experience community together, the way that we're able to make disciples is by counting on Jesus. We, we can't do it on our own. We can't reach the goal on our own. Jesus is the ladder. So we're going to look this morning in Genesis chapter 28. If you have your Bibles, uh, you can turn there. If not, you can look up on the screen. We'll look at a, a, a few verses at a time and discuss it a little bit and see where God is going to move in your life this morning. So Isaac called for Jacob and blessed him and commanded him, Do not marry a Canaanite woman. Go at once to Badan Aram, to the house of your mother, father, Bethuel. Take a wife for yourself there from among the daughters of Laban, your mother's brother. May God Almighty bless you and make you fruitful and increase your numbers until you become a community of peoples. May he give you and your descendants the blessing given to Abraham so that you may take possession of the land that you now live in as an alien, the land God gave to Abraham. Then Isaac sent Jacob on his way and he went to Padan Aram to Laban, the son of Bethuel, the Aramean, the brother of Rebekah, 
who was mother of Jacob and Esau. So if you were here last week, uh, you remember that Jacob gave, uh, that Isaac gave the blessing to Jacob. And this made Esau really, really mad because he was the firstborn, but he was the one that gave away his birthright because of some tasty red chili that his brother made. Uh, and so he gave away his birthright, and this was God's plan all along. And so now God is renewing that covenant uh, with Jacob, and he's giving a blessing uh, to Jacob to go on his way. He knows that Esau is really upset, and Esau, in fact, in the last chapter said that he was going to kill his brother. And so Jacob gets ready to leave, and he says, listen, don't make the mistakes like your brother did. Marry a woman that has the beliefs like you do. Make sure you do that. Keep it in the family so that you can have a strong foundation in the Lord. And so he does that. He starts to go on his way. And then Esau learns about this. And this is what his response is. Now Esau learned that Isaac had blessed Jacob and had said to him to Padan Aram to take a wife from there. And that he blessed him and he commanded him, do not marry a Canaanite woman. If you remember from the story last week, uh, Isaac's favorite was Esau. And so he thought that maybe he was still on grounds where, where Isaac would continue to bless him. But now he sees that Isaac has now blessed Jacob. And so the wheels start turning with, with Esau. He has two Hittite wives, two wives that are unbelievers, uh, that are not following the Lord. He made that mistake times two with two wives. And now he has this response uh, after he hears, don't marry a Canaanite woman. And that Jacob had obeyed his father and mother had gone to Padan Aram. Esau then realized how displeasing the Canaanite woman to his father Isaac. So he went to Ishmael and married Mahaloth, the sister of Nebaioth, the daughter of Ishmael, son of Abraham, in addition to the wives he already had. Okay, so you see what's going on here. He's... He's seeing that his father has now blessed Jacob and told him not to marry a Canaanite woman, not to marry a Hittite woman. He already has two Hittite wives, so he thinks, what am I going to do to fix this? Oh, I know. I've got a great plan. I'll take on a third wife. But this third wife will be from my family. This will be from Ishmael's line. This will be a believer. This will make my father happy. What do you think of this plan? Not great, is it? Not great. It's a little too little, a little too late. And so he follows through this plan, hoping that he's able to salvage some of the blessing uh, from his father. But that's certainly not what happens. The story then goes back to Jacob and what he's doing. Jacob left Beersheba and went out to Haran. When he reached a certain place, he stopped for the night because the sun had set. As he's traveling, he couldn't just, you know, book a flight on Southwest or take a Greyhound bus. I mean, there was no way to do that. He certainly would have been rich enough to have camels to ride on, uh, but it would have been a long journey that he was, that he was going on. It would have taken um, multiple days, and so he sees that the sun is setting. He doesn't want to travel at night, and so he finds a place to, to rest. And this seems at first just a, just a chance place that he's going to just rest for the night. But as we see and as we know with God that he is sovereign over all things. This is not a chance. This, they had him stop in this specific place for a specific reason, as you'll see in a minute. He stopped for the night because the sun had set. 
taking one of the stones there, he put it under his head to lay down to sleep. That's interesting, isn't it? I mean, I know they didn't have my pillow back then, you know. Uh, they didn't have the my pillow man, but you think that he would have grabbed something else besides a rock. But here he is, he grabs a rock to lay down his head on, and there is a little symbolism to that, as you'll see here in a few minutes. Taking one of the stones there, he put it under his head and laid down to sleep. He had a dream in which he saw a stairway, or some versions say a ladder, uh, resting on the earth with his top reaching the heaven. That's very important that we'll talk about uh, later on in this message. That the ladder was sitting on the ground, was sitting on earth, and it reached all the way up to heaven. And the angel of God were ascending and descending on it. There above it stood the Lord, and he said, I am the Lord, the God of your father Abraham, the God of Isaac. I will give you and your descendants the land which you are lying. Your descendants will be like the dust of the earth, and you will spread out to, to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south. All the peoples will be blessed through you and your offspring. I am with you and watch over you wherever you go, and will bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until I've done what I have promised you. Man, what an awesome blessing. This is a blessing that was given to Abraham that is now repeated to Jacob to be the one that God's people, that God's line of people is going to come through. And this is one of eight times that Jacob in his life experiences a theophany, an appearance of God in some way. And this time it's, it's through a dream. And in this dream, he gets to see a picture of the spiritual world that's happening. And I'm so thankful that God protects us from actually seeing the spiritual world and seeing the spiritual battle that's going on in our lives and for the sake uh, of our families. I'm so thankful he gives us the spiritual armor of God. But Jacob gets to see this little picture. And because we have God's word, we get to experience what that picture is like. And he sees angels coming down, back and forth, up and down. And angels are a real thing. It's, it's, it's true. It's, it's real. These angels that come up and down. We see in Scripture from Hebrews 12 that there's an innumerable company of angels. The angels excel in strength and do his command, uh, hearkening unto the voice of, the, of his word. We see that in Psalm 103. That angels take a very special interest in God's people, working out their salvation in grace. We have angels that God uses, his army of angels that, use, that are used to accomplish some of his purposes here on earth. That they protect us, that they shield us, that they draw people to him. And here, Jacob gets to see that. Gets to see this picture of heaven and earth. And he sees this ladder. And this ladder is very symbolic of what, uh, of what Jesus is for us. See, we can't reach heaven on our own. We need a way to be able to get there. We need a way to be able to have access to heaven because all of us have sinned. All of us have fallen short. All of us have issues, right? Amen? Am I the only one that has issues? We all have issues. We don't like to admit it sometimes, but we all have sin. We all have issues. And because of that, we can't reach a holy, holy, holy God on our own. And so there needs to be a way, there needs to be a way to have access. And Jacob probably didn't understand this fully, that this was going to be the Savior to come. But uh, many centuries later, there was a time when Philip was trying to get his friend Nathaniel to come to Jesus. 
And Nathaniel was being pretty stubborn about it. And Philip just said, come, come and see. And isn't that a great way to invite people to Jesus? I mean, part of the reason why we worship here together and we have a small group is we want to give you an opportunity to say, come and see. So you have friends that, that need to know Jesus, you have coworkers, just tell them to, to come and see. We're going to give them the gospel every single, every single Sunday. We're going to tell them about Jesus. And so Philip tells Nathaniel, come and see. And Jesus meets Nathaniel and refers to this exact moment that happens with, with Jacob. I love that Jesus obviously knew God's word very well. And he knew uh, that a, a way to be able to show what heaven is like and what he was was to say that he was the latter. This is in John uh, chapter 1, verse 50. Jesus said, you believe because you saw that I saw you under the fig tree. You shall see greater things than that. And then he added, I tell you the truth. You shall see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. You see that? Ascending and descending on the ladder, on Jesus. He is the way, he is the connection between heaven and earth. Jesus is the ladder. And I'm so thankful, as you remember what I said as I was reading through that, that the ladder had its foundation on earth. And I'm so thankful that Jesus came on this earth as a man. Because he couldn't atone for our sins if he wasn't a man. He had to go through the temptations that we go through. He had to live the life like we do. And aren't you so grateful for that? We don't have some faraway God that didn't live a life like we did. He lived a life in the flesh as a man, fully human. Went through all the temptations, all the sorrows, all the emotions, everything that we went through, yet was without sin. He had to do that in order to atone for our sins he needed to be a human. But then the, the ladder goes up to heaven. And that shows it's symbolic of his deity. It's symbolic of uh, him being fully God. He was fully God and fully man. Listen to what one great theologian said. Christ is both God and man because God could not suffer and man could not satisfy. But the God-man both suffered the wrath of God and satisfied the justice of God when he bled and died as the sinner's substitute on the cursed tree. See, Jesus needed to be both. He needed to be both God and man. And he was that. He was fully God and he was fully man. He was the true ladder. The way that we experience heaven, the way that we're able to have eternal life is by having the ladder. Now it's interesting, I think that if, if escalators had been, had been invented in time of Jacob, I think he would have had a vision of an escalator. Because I think with the ladder, there's this, there's this idea that we're climbing up it on our own. We're doing the work. But really, we're not doing any of the work. Well, all we're doing is, by faith, getting on the ladder of Jesus. And he takes us to heaven. He gives us eternal life. Because none of us can atone for our own sins. We can't. No matter how hard we try, no matter how many times we go to worship, no matter how many times we go to small group, how much we read our Bible, how much we pray, we can't atone for our sins. And that should be the greatest news you've ever heard. 
I remember living many, my, many years of my life without Jesus. And I thought, if there is a God, how could he ever love this boy from Boston who swears every other word and has immoral thoughts? I remember thinking this before I was a Christian. I remember thinking, how could, how could it be possible? There's no hope for me. And then I realized that I don't have to earn it. That Jesus is the one that's done all the work. He came on this earth fully God and fully man. He lived a perfect life. A life that none of us could imagine living. And he died death on the cross and rose from the dead victorious over our sin. So if we trust in him, we can have eternal life. It's time for you to step on the ladder if you've never done it before. It's time for you to trust in Jesus. If you've never trusted him, now is the time to do it. We don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. But I know you're here today, either watching online or here in person. Put your trust in Jesus. And the way that you do that is you admit that you mess up, you believe in Jesus as Lord and Savior, and you trust in him as Lord for your entire life. It's the best decision you'll ever make. If you need help, come and see me after the service. You can write it uh, on the comment card online. We'd love to help you know Jesus. Every week, or at least almost every week, we celebrate with these life rings. And these life rings are vitally important to us as a church because they symbolize people that say, I'm going to take a step onto that ladder. I'm trusting the ladder of Jesus. I'm not trusting myself anymore. And this week we know one person put their faith in Jesus Christ. So let's celebrate that together. It's awesome. It's awesome to see people go from death to life. And that's actually the the action step for today is to be in awe of Jesus because look what happens after Jacob gets to see this vision. Look at, uh, look at his response. When Jacob awoke from his sleep, he thought, surely the Lord is in this place. I was not aware of it, but he was afraid and said, how awesome is this place? There is none other than the house of God, the gate of of heaven. Early the next morning, Jacob took the stone he had placed under his head and set up a pillar and poured oil on top of it. He called that place Bethel. And Bethel means the house of God. Though the city used to be called Luz. Then Jacob made a vow saying, if God will be with me and watch me on this journey I'm taking and will give me food to eat and clothes to wear so that I return safely to my father's house, then the Lord will be my God and this stone that I have set up as a pillar will be God's house. And, and all that you give me, I will give you a tenth. His first response was to be in awe. His first response was to worship. How about you? When you think about how good the gospel is, when you think about that your sins, if you have, your, have faith in Jesus, your sins have been atoned for. You're forgiven. All of your flaws, all of your faults have been washed away. The old is gone, the new has come. That's pretty awesome, isn't it? We use that word awesome for all kinds of different things. Like we eat a great burrito and we say, that's an awesome burrito. But we should really be using that word awesome 
when we describe Jesus. And that's what happened here with Jacob. He, he was in awe, and so he worshipped. And you notice one of his acts of worshipping was to give a tenth of what he had. We talk about giving here all the time. It's an act of worship. It's a personal act of worship. No elder is going to come after you and ask where your tithe is at or anything like that. But it's an act of worship when we see how much we've been blessed by God. It's an act of saying, thank you, God. It's not to earn salvation. It's not to earn his love. Whether you give a tenth of your, your money or not does not affect how much God loves you. But it's an act of worship. It's saying, I'm so in awe of you. I'm so thankful you placed me in a church that I want to give this as a spiritual act of worship. Be in awe of Jesus. We should be in awe of him just by looking at the latter. But there are hundreds of ways that uh, Jesus has been described in Scripture. And I just want to go through a few of them just to help you be in awe of Jesus. Scripture says that Jesus is almighty. It says in Revelation 1, I am the Alpha and Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. That scripture already talks a little bit about the next one, that he's the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. Look, I am coming soon. My reward is with me. Now I'll give to each person according to what they have done. I'm the Alpha and Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. We can take such comfort in that, can't we? He's always been, and he always will be. So when we look around the world with so much uncertainty, we as believers don't have to have that uncertainty. We, we know the foundation of the world. We know who started things. We know who's going to bring back the new heavens and the new earth. That is our Savior. Let's trust in him. That he's the high priest. Hebrews 7 says, such a high priest truly meets our need. One who is holy, blameless, pure, set apart from sinners, exalted above the heavens. Unlike the other high priest, he does not need to offer sacrifices day after day. First for his own sins and then for the sins of the people. He sacrificed for their sins once for all when he offered himself. Isn't that awesome? You don't have to bring sacrifices to church with you anymore. That's pretty cool, isn't it? You don't have to bring little lamb with you to bring him up on stage and have Pastor Andy sacrifice it. I'm so thankful for that. I'm so grateful that we don't have that anymore. It also says that, that you don't need a mediator to go to Christ because Christ is the mediator. So you don't have to uh, go to a special person. You don't have to go to anyone. You can go straight to Jesus. People say to me all the time, Pastor Andy, will you pray for me because you have the red phone directly to God. You know what? I do. You know who else has that phone? You. You all have it directly to God because of Christ being the mediator. You starting to get in awe of Jesus? This is good. Let's keep going a little bit, a few more. The Lamb of God. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Again, that symbolism of him being the ultimate sacrifice. That he's the light of the world. Man, I love this. Our world is full of darkness right now. When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but have the light of life. A few more here. He's the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, here's another, there's another symbolism there to the angels that are surrounding us, the angels that are around us. Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. 
For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For some of you that are perfectionists, any perfectionists in here? Any, any of you? Okay. Yeah, there's a few of you. I know there's more than that. You don't want to admit it. But these, this is especially hard for you because this is you letting go and letting God perfect your faith, letting Jesus perfect your faith. He is perfect. There's nobody else that is. He is the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. He's the prince of peace. And this just makes me in awe of him right now. In a time when we need peace more than ever. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. You hear that? What did it say? What's on his shoulders? That's right. The government is on his shoulders. Okay, he's the foundation. As we go into a crazy political season, I want to assure you all, all, that God's in control. He's in control. And he'll be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Jesus is finally the, the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus answered, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. This is only the very tip of the iceberg of all the descriptions of Jesus. If you just do a quick Google, Google search, you can find all the different descriptions of Jesus. I encourage you to do that, to meditate on it, to pray through that, and be in awe of Jesus this week. When Jacob got to experience God, his first response was, wow, you are awesome. How awesome is this place? And I don't know about you, but so often in my life, I can be doing all the things that I'm doing, be so busy to stop and just be in awe. Just be in awe. I mean, what happens when you're in awe of something? What do you do? I mean, let's just take a food that you like. For me, personally, it's a DeLeo's Deli sub, okay? I'm in awe of this thing, man. It's the best sub you could ever eat. And what do I do when, I, when, I think, when, I'm, when, I'm, when I'm in awe of it? Well, what I do is I, I think about it all the time. I do. I, I eat too many of these subs. I think about it all the time. I celebrate. The people that own DeLeo's Deli make fun of me because when I walk through the doors, I do my little DeLeo's dance because I'm so happy to be able to eat uh, that sub. I know it's coming. I'm so pumped about it. I'm thankful for it. I thank them all the time. I say, man, these, these subs are too cheap. You've got to charge more. This is so amazing. I tell others about it that, because I'm in awe of it. Now, that's just a sub, okay? With Jesus, when we're in awe of him, we should have that same response, that we should think about Jesus a lot, that that should be the thoughts that come to our head first and foremost, that when we're going through troubles or we're going through difficult times, that we should seek him first. I have a challenge for you that when you wake up in the morning, instead of grabbing your phone right away, I know some of you have your alarm on your phone, so I'll allow that. You can shut your alarm off, okay? But then don't look at the phone. Grab your Bible first. Or if you have to grab coffee first, then grab your Bible. Just spend a few minutes with God. It will change your perspective on your entire day. Instead of picking up your phone right away and start looking at all the news that you missed overnight, that most of it is pretty bad news, right? And I know from experience, because I do this all the time, instead of seeking Jesus first, instead of thinking about him first, I think about all the things of the world. Be in awe of him and think of him first. Celebrate him. He's worth celebrating, right? 
I mean, he's so amazing. He's so awesome that we should celebrate him. I look at all the things that people celebrate, and hey, life is worth celebrating. But the number one thing that we should celebrate in our life is our salvation in Jesus. And then we should be thankful. When was the last time you thanked God that you're not in your sin anymore? When was the last time you came to Jesus and just thanked him for all the blessings that happened in your life? Thank him. And then tell others about him. I mean, when you're in awe of something, you can't help but tell people about it. I mean, I'm in awe of Deleo's Deli subs, so I tell people about it because I think it's awesome. Well, if I'm going to be in awe of Jesus and all the things that he's done, I want to tell people about what he has done. This story is such an amazing story of Jesus telling Jacob that he hasn't forgotten about him, renewing the covenant with him, renewing the promise. And if you remember, Jacob has lots of issues. He didn't get that blessing, that promise, because he's a great guy that has it all together. He got that blessing and that promise because God is in control and that Jesus is the latter. So let's be in awe of Jesus this week. Let's pray together. Jesus, forgive me that there are many times where I'm not in awe of you. There are many times where I'm more in awe of earthly things. Lord, help my heart to be in awe of you. Help me to remember how great it is to worship you. How great it is to, to be loved by you. How great it is to be forgiven by you. Such grace, such mercy, such love. Lord, thank you that you surround us with your angels, that you're fighting a spiritual battle that on our own we would lose. But with you, we're able to find strength and we're able to win the battle because you are victorious. Lord, thank you for what you've done. Help us to be in awe of you. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you please stand?